This is Jay Scott. I absolutely live and breathe hunting and fishing. I spend more than half the year in the field enjoying God's creation. I've been a professional hunter and guide since the late 90s, and over the years I've been on amazing hunting and fishing adventures that have resulted in many memories, trophies, and wild game dining. I've authored numerous magazine articles that have been featured in Western Big Game hunting publications and served for three years as a judge for the World Championship Elk Calling Contest. I've operated a successful hunting and fishing blog, YouTube channel, and other social media platforms since 2008. You can get all the photos, videos, and content at jscottoutdoors.com. The goal of this podcast is to educate and inform by covering all sorts of topics ranging from tactics, preparation, field judging, calling, scouting, and gear, as well as regular updates on all our hunting and fishing trips throughout the year. Now let's get to the show. We are somewhere in the middle of Sonora, Mexico with Jay Scott. We uh, just rolled in looking for uh, looking for our first ghouls gobbler. Uh, we, we're going to try to roost a bird, get on one tonight, and uh, be ready to get up, get set up on him in the morning. Awesome. May 1st, 2014. Getting ready to open up ghoul season in Mexico. We slipped in here late trying to roost a bird, and we bumped into one in a little meadow. So we're just sitting up on the side of a, what we would call a big hill in Mississippi. Just heard another bird gobble, so we feel good about where we are. There goes another one. Sounds like there's hopping up in there. There goes another one and another one. See him? somewhere between 20 and 100 of them in the same tree. <laughs> uh, we think we've got 20 of them in the same tree and, and they've all gone to bed for the night. And now we've just got to figure out which side to set up on uh, before daylight in the morning. So Jay's going to stay up all night and analyze that and we're going to get some good rest.
That's what I call a sunrise service. Yes, sir. I mean, <laughs> the first thing I heard was, <laughs> you know, and it was were, crazy. And, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, racket. this turkey's going to land on my head. <laughs> and, uh, and he nearly did. Well, guys, that was an awesome morning. We, uh, we roosted these birds last night, and um, we watched them walk across this ridge and fly up in that tree. And uh, we made a plan to get in here on this side of them. And, uh, boy, they started flying down. I thought, I better do something. I made a couple calls, but I don't think it mattered. They, uh, they were calling so much. Yeah, they flew they, right they were, to us. They were, they were making some noise. Yeah, and then uh, they were all around Tally. I mean, it's, they were seven, eight, ten feet from you at times. Yeah. I was nervous that they were too close, you know, and that they were going yeah, to see me. This one hen over here saw me move the camera or something. She got kind of spooked and bumped a little bit, but they settled back down. You yeah. Know? And then I'm glad you shot when you did because the hens were getting by me. And so, they were starting to move. Well, yeah. they were starting to move away. I knew yeah. that this, I knew that there was this gobbler that came by me 10 feet. I knew he was back this way somewhere. I couldn't, I had lost sight of him. Yeah. But this one was further over. He was probably 35 yards. That's awesome. Going the other, you know, going the other way. And when he stuck, stuck his head up, I thought it was time to get on, with the, home. Get on with the program. <laughs> Well, you guys completed your Royal Slams this morning and couldn't be happier. Thanks, brother. We right appreciate on. you. Good job. Thank Great you, hunt. job. Great awesome. Hunt. Was that an unbelievable hunt or what? Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast, episode number two. This is a Gould's turkey hunt, as you just heard from Mexico. I've got Gray Gray and Tally Rydell, who came down in spring of 2014 in May, hunted with me. They were my first trip of the year down there, and we just had a had an awesome time. Uh, they were able to fulfill the Royal Slams that morning, and they still had a tag each in their pocket, and we had a great hunt that afternoon, which you're going to hear later on the show. Uh, Greg is uh, just a ph- phenomenal guy, and Tally as well, and um, it's just uh, good to meet guys. They're from Mississippi, and um, you know, never met them before, but we just uh, seemed like we just made a great friendship, and uh, I actually got to see those guys last week at the National Wild Turkey uh, National Convention in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, so it was great seeing them. And I just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. Uh, We're excited about episode number two. Uh, We're excited about what we're going to be doing here with this podcast. And, um, you know, if you have any questions about any type of hunting or fishing, you know, related topics... Uh, you can email them to me at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com, and I'll try and answer them the best that I can. But today we're going to talk about Gould's turkeys, and uh, I've got Greg here. Greg, how are you? I'm great. How are you? 
Good. Are you trying to thaw out? I hear a little bit of a cold snaps hit your way down there. Well, it has. It's been a, a lot colder uh, the last six weeks or so than we're accustomed to in Mississippi. But uh, the great news is uh, the month of February is about gone, and uh, in three weeks we'll be opening uh, spring turkey season uh, here in Mississippi. Right on. Yeah, that's. Uh, I saw you last week at the NWTF convention in Nashville. It was good to see you guys. Yeah, that's a that's a great event for anybody who hasn't uh, who hasn't been there. Um, it's it's worth doing at least once in a lifetime, uh, and I would say that most folks, if they ever do attend, they'll they'll want to go back. It's a a heck of a show. Yeah, what um, what calls did you end up getting, or did you find any little nuggets that you liked? I bought uh, I bought a uh, a trumpet yelper. Um, I have I have made a wingbone call myself and called up one turkey uh, with it last year, uh, but I bought a trumpet yelper uh, that was actually made by a gentleman uh, from here in Mississippi. He's an instructor at Delta State University, uh, a man named William Lester, and I bought one of his calls. Uh, and then I bought two box calls, a, um, a David Holleran um, box call uh, that's, that sounds really good. And I've, What color was that one? Was that the black one he was selling? He had a real dark one, or do you remember what color the wood was? Yeah, he had one made out of uh, ebony and uh, poplar, which is the one I think you're talking about. Okay. Uh, Tally actually bought one of those. And uh, I bought a purple heart and purple heart and... I can't remember the other wood, but the the lid was made out of purple heart. It's a it's a good looking call. It um, uh, the the ebony lid cost is a little bit louder, and uh, I was looking for something kind of more of a mid range uh, sound, mm-hmm. and so that's the reason I bought the purple heart. But uh, cedar did you actually leave is the with... other wood. Oh, cedar. Okay. Did you leave with the call, or was he shipping that to you? No, I left with it. I tried several standing there at his booth, and uh, he and his wife. Um, both ran, you know, five or six different box calls, and and we settled in on the one that I that I walked away with. Um, and then I ordered. She's a heck of a caller. Uh, she she's is. a heck of a caller on on box and the slate. I mean, she's she's. I mean, he's fantastic, and she's she's really good. Yeah, they, they're both really good callers, and uh, it's amazing the number of good callers uh, that you bump into uh, at the NWTF show. Uh, there's, sure. there's some folks that can make a make a box call, a slate, whatever, uh, stand up and dance. It's it's fun to listen to it all. Absolutely. And then you got one more box? I did. I ordered a, uh, I ordered a call from Albert Paul, uh, who is from Collinsville, Mississippi. I've known about him for years and years, and I think a lot of folks who are serious turkey hunters uh, know about uh, Albert's calls. Um, I, uh, I ordered a, a short box that, that is an ebony lid and a uh, holly, um, you know, highly frame, but, uh, he told me I should have it in about 60 days. So hopefully I'll have it in time to hunt with it before our season closes first of May. Yeah. You know, um, I got a, in 2012, uh, I was at the uh, show NWTF show and, um, I got a call from Albert and I really like it. Um, just a great man. He can really make a, a box call sing too. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. These guys that make these calls to watch them operate their box calls because they look so relaxed and you can tell that their hands are very practiced um, uh, at, at, at operating those box calls. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. One thing um, uh, I was there with Casey Brooks and his son, Bo, and um, they, they got a couple of, uh, of Albert's uh, 
Box Calls uh, and David Halloran's actually both. Um, one thing Albert was showing us, um, he, he likes to hold the box way down towards the, so if, if the, let's see, the paddle of the call would be up and the, the um, lowest p- portion of the box, he holds it with his left hand, but not in the middle of the call, if that makes sense. He holds it way back kind of towards your body mm. is, you know, underneath. And he says that it balances the call quite a bit better. And, um, uh, Bo and Casey both tried it and it was, it was pretty cool to see how quick, um, actually it did balance in, in their hands. So that was a little tip that I picked up mm-hmm. from him, but he's a fantastic guy. You know, he's been doing it so long. And, um, you know, when I was there in 2012, uh, he, I ask him, you know, you're going to go turkey hunting? He says, yeah, I should be able to kill about 18 birds this year. And so this year I asked him, I said, you going turkey hunting? He said, yep, we're hooking up the, the, uh, fifth wheel and doing our same routine and I should get 18 or 19 birds. Um, so it sounds like he makes a big circuit. It sounds like it. And I, I would, I would love to be able to do that one of these days. Hopefully there'll be a, a, a day and time that I, that I can do that. Yeah, that, that'll be awesome. Uh, well, Greg, let's talk a little bit about um, our Goulds turkey hunt last year. Um, let's. Uh, it, I think it'll be fun to kind of reminisce about how everything went down, starting from you know arriving and you know us talking on the phone prior, and um, you guys were able to complete your Royal Slams. And uh, so, tell me from from your perspective how everything started and and how everything went last year. Well, I, I tell you, Jay, it's a it, it's kind of an unusual uh, story, I guess, and I don't know that you and I have ever even really talked about this. Um, I, I I've been turkey hunting for you know 15 years. I, I got started late in life. Um, you know, I was 34 years old uh, when I started turkey hunting, and um, I, I I don't know that you know certainly early on, I don't know that I ever had any objective of trying to you know kill all four of the subspecies in the, the the 48 states and um certainly had never thought about a royal or a world slam um but over the years um you know had an opportunity uh to to hunt miriams uh with a friend um had had an opportunity to, to hunt rios and and the next thing you knew we were planning an osceola hunt and i i killed my osceola in the spring of 13 um to finish i guess a lifetime grand slam never have done it or attempted to do it all in one season but um i I never really had the ghouls or the isolated on my mind even after i finished my grand slam and i was uh i was just kind of surfing on the web looking at elk hunting opportunities in arizona and that's how i came across your website and in looking at all of the different hunts that you have done in the past for sheep and elk and turkeys and so forth. Um, I, I kind of got interested in, in chasing a Gould's turkey. And uh, my hunting buddy, Tally Riddell, and I were uh, coming back home on the last weekend of duck season uh, in 2014, and we started talking about turkey season. And we kind of started kicking around the idea of trying to do a Gould's hunt, and that resulted in the email to you. And I guess the rest is they say is history. 
<laughs> it was fairly historic. I think our trip was uh, pretty pretty legendary, don't you think? Yeah, I do. It uh, it was a great time. I, you know, I mean, uh, clearly, uh, you do a great job on your website of of uh, showing the videos of, of different hunts that you've done in the past. And you know, it's it's important to me. Um, we we've been on uh, a lot of different hunts with a lot of different outfitters, and and we've only had one experience that I would call bad. And and that was because the the gentleman that we went with really was not a turkey hunting operator. He had turkeys on his property from time to time, but he just really didn't understand enough about what the birds were doing and and so forth. So um, I, I wouldn't even really consider that his fault. Um, but it just it just was not what we you know would expect in a in a turkey hunt. And um, seeing your videos uh, made a big difference for us. And then of course talking to you on the phone. Uh, for the hours that we did visit uh, before we decided to to come down and hunt with you uh, made all the difference in the world and you know I, I don't know I don't know whether most hunters have any apprehension about going into Mexico these days uh, certainly there's a lot of press and notoriety about the the state of affairs down there uh, but you know you and I talked about um, any challenges related to travel down there and you know you reassured me that you know, you've taken your wife down there for years and years deer hunting and that you've never had any sort of uh, uh, issue or never felt uncomfortable down there. That's exactly what we found, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and, uh, you know. So you guys flew, you guys flew right into Tucson and then you guys rented a car, right? And then we met in Douglas. We we did. Tell me about that transition, how smooth everything was. Oh, it was, it was simple. Um, you know, the, the car rental, everything about the car rental and uh, baggage worked fine in Tucson. And, uh, it was, you know, simple to, to, to get to the interstate and, um, uh, not a bad trip to, to Douglas. I don't recall exactly how long it took us to get down there, hour and a half, two hours, maybe something like that. Yeah. Hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. yeah exactly. And, um, you know, you were right where you told us you would be when you told us you would be there. And, you know, we, got everything loaded up in your truck and um you you obviously have been through customs uh and dealt with uh, border security on both sides of the border and dealt with the police and the military in mexico uh in transitioning shotguns and uh, that sort of thing and uh, that was a, a seamless you know a seamless process it takes a little bit of time as you would expect dealing with that much law enforcement but um it it, it all went uh you know, went just as smoothly as we could have hoped for. Yeah. So if I remember correct, uh, last year, you guys were my first group of the year and, uh, we met up and then we arrived. Typically what I have the hunters do is we meet up kind of mid morning that puts us crossing. And then we typically get to the ranch around two or three, four o'clock, whatever it may be. And then we go out and try and roost birds. Um, seems like we had a good good night that first night uh, roosting some birds. What do you recollect? Yeah, we did. Uh, you know, we, we actually, I think we got down to the ranch a little bit later than we intended to uh, that afternoon. And I think it was because of our timing with flights and, and I guess just uh, and being the first group, you know, I think we, we did some setup once we got to the ranch and help get some of your equipment unloaded and that sort of thing. And we, we got, uh, we actually got to the spot that we were wanting to, 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 to look and listen. Mm, what, maybe an hour before it got dark. 
Yeah, we we walked up on that little hill and um, uh, tried to spot some turkeys. And I think you spotted one right off the bat. Yeah, I just I just got lucky and caught a caught a glimpse of of a gobbler's head kind of going through a gap and in in, uh, in some what down there about like four hundred yards. Yeah, something like that. And kind of a, a brushy little flat down there, and he just happened to step in an opening, and I got a good look at him just for a, a two count as he walked through this little opening. And, uh, so we sat down and, um, and started glassing and, and finally picked up, you know, the whole flock, I guess they were, they were getting ready to go to roost and they kind of walked up the side of a mountain, uh, and paralleled a, a, a wash type area. Um, and then, then started flying off the side of the mountain and flew straight up in the roost from there. And it was, you know, 20 or 25 turkeys, you know, gobblers and hens that all flew up in the same tree. I still remember that side of those birds up there and, and, you know, they're such big birds and up there on those limbs, you know, they're wobbling around and trying to get, you know, trying to get a, a solid position and they're kind of jockeying for position too up in the tree. But, um, people can go on my website or go on YouTube and, um, see at GouldsTurkeyHunt.com or jscottoutdoors.com, um, or on YouTube and see exactly what we're talking about so we had birds roosted and um uh then we came back to the ranch house that night and then we seems like we talked back and forth about what we thought would be the best way to set up on those birds and um then then what happened well we 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 left uh i don't don't know exactly what time it was that we left the house uh the next morning but it was very early uh because we knew we needed to get we had a long way to go, first of all, and we knew we needed to get set up in the black dark uh, because we were going to be pretty close to the roost. Uh, I mean, we were, what, 100, 100, 150 yards from the roost tree? Yeah. And uh, and there wasn't a lot of cover between where we set up and them, so it was a pretty pretty direct, you know, uh, eye shot or eye contact between, you know, where we were situated and, and the roost tree. But, and they were roosted up in that big black oak, uh, the biggest black oak there in that bottom, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we kind of we kind of scattered out. We had we had drawn straws and decided that Tally was going to take the first shot, and um, so we got him set up uh, in a in a pretty good spot. And you know he he was basically he basically was sitting there with his gun on his knee, looking down the barrel from the time we sat down on the ground in the dark. Um, you know, until the time he finally killed a turkey, and uh, you were you were kind of set up over his right shoulder with a camera, and then I got off to the left, forty or fifty yards uh, across a little rock wash, and um, got situated, you know, kind of under some low scrub brush, and uh, I had my camera running from over there, so we kind of had two angles of it, and um, you know, I, I, I don't know how much of it's skill and how much of it's luck, but we were sitting in the right place when they decided to fly down. They, I, if I remember right, they gobbled good that night and that morning. Um, they were really cutting loose up up on the limb. Yeah, the first uh, the first turkey sound that that I heard that morning um, was a gobble, and it was way before light enough really for a turkey to be gobbling. But uh, they they started they started up in the in the black dark, and uh, you know they gobbled in the tree for what fifteen or twenty minutes, I guess, before they started flying down. Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing a lot of the hunters that hunt goulds with me, you know, they're they're 
you know, they asked me, well, do the Goulds gobble? You know, do you do you hear them? And, you know, I just kind of smile because, yeah, they 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 really like to gobble. Um, so it, it makes, you know, it makes a real interactive hunt. So um, so it's getting light and they're about to fly down. And what happens? Well, the you know, I think turkeys were starting to fly down, but it was still so dark that I I could not see you know, the 40 or 50 yards over there, um, you know, on that little flat where we had the decoys uh, in front of Tally, I still could not see well enough because the light was so low, I could not see well enough to tell what was really going on over there. I, I knew where the decoys were. I knew where I thought some turkeys were starting to fly down, but but I just couldn't couldn't tell. Um, and And so looking back at all of our video, I think we probably had, you know, 10 or 12 turkeys on the ground over there um and then at that time you know i heard i heard the rush of air you know one of one of the gobblers left the roost and as soon as his feet cleared the limb I, you know i could hear air rushing you know 60 70 <laughs> like a 747 exactly you know 60 <laughs> or 70 yards behind me and this turkey uh you know flew out sailed out and and he came literally six feet over my head and and lit you know, 10 yards in front of me. And as soon as his toes touched the ground, you know, he went into a strut and he's uh-huh. spinning around in circles, you know, dragging his wings in the, uh, in the sand in front of me. And, you know, I think literally I th- you could have jumped up and grabbed him. I, that would have been maybe as effective as trying to shoot him with a shotgun. Well, just about, yeah, he was definitely too close to shoot at with a shotgun at, at, at that point. But, uh, he, uh, you know, he twirled around uh, on my side of the wash for, for two or three minutes, and I, by then it was starting to get light enough that you could kind of see what was going on across the wash, and that's where all the action was. And what we had, uh, we had probably, what, 15 hens and, and four or five, you know, mature gobblers over in that bunch uh, doing their thing, trying to sort things out for the morning and figure out who was who was in charge and who, where are we going, and um, and so this big gobbler on my side decided he would, he would drag his way on over there. And he did. And he, you know, he, he walked within 10 feet of Tally. Um, when he, when he came up out of the wash, he walked right past Tally sitting there with his gun on his knee. And, um, you know, the turkeys chased each other around and, you know, fought a little bit and argued a little bit. And there was a lot of calling going on. And, uh, it was just a cool thing to see. You got some of the best video footage I've ever seen in my life of, you know, the turkeys leaving the roost and coming, you know, just straight into you, you know, like you say, like 747s. Um, and then the, Missis- then the Mississippi SWAT team showed up and kind of put a silence on the program there for a bit. Yeah, we did. Uh, Tally finally, you know, the turkeys kind of started uh, settling down and kind of acted like they were going to start drifting off away from us. And so he finally got a clear shot at one of the big gobblers and he put him down at, you know, 35 or 40 yards. And when they, when they scattered, um, the, the, it coincidentally was the gobbler that, that landed right in front of me, spun around and ran back towards his roost tree. And just before he ran across the, the wash, he decided, uh, you know, I think I'm going to stick my head up and look one more time, be sure which direction I need to go. And so I, I, I let him have it. So we, we finished our, you know, our Royal slams within, you know, literally five seconds of each other right there the first morning. That was awesome. Now you guys had, uh, two tags a piece. Um, so we, 
filled two tags that morning. And then if I remember right, we took some photos and um, headed back to the house and um, we made some breakfast and I think we took care of the birds. Yeah, Is that what you yeah, recall? We, we did. Um, I, th- I think we I think we decided to put the birds in the freezer. Yeah, uh, and until yeah. we could know, we were trying to figure out if we were going to bring any back to to be mounted and that sort of thing. So I think we took them and put them in a big chest type freezer, so that they would uh, would stay fresh. And uh, uh, you know, also on the way back to the house that morning, Jay, you, you took us around the ranch and and we saw some uh, of the most terrific. Uh, scenery you know that you could ever want to see i mean uh, that uh you know it's a desert mountain area and you know for folks like us it was a, a sight to behold you know to get up on top of some of those mountains and see just for miles and miles and miles and uh, you know had a had a great time doing that it's definitely beautiful country down there um it's uh you know until you really go at, you know pictures and video try and do it a little bit of justice, but it just doesn't seem like it truly captures uh, how cool it is down there. Um, and if I remember right, so we go back, we eat lunch, and then you guys wanted to take some hot showers and um, get cleaned up. And I think we took a nap, and and uh, uh, then we were headed out for the afternoon. Is that exactly how well, you that, recall that, it? That's close. The, uh, the, the showers <laughs> were, uh, were somewhere short of lukewarm, and uh, uh, we had a we had a, a, t- a temporary temporarily incapacitated uh, hot water heater, I think. But uh, we had a small glitch in the system. You know, uh, sometimes a fast shower is a good thing, and uh, but uh, it, it all worked out fine. And I, I actually have had a had a colder shower. Uh, I was in a bow hunting, <laughs> bow hunting camp down in uh, South Texas. 20 25 years ago and uh we we took some showers that were colder than the ones we had in mexico so uh, well the good news is we didn't waste much water no that's a fact that's a fact <laughs> but uh no I, I know that there's hot water at the at the camp there but they were just having a difficulty uh the day that we were there and so uh it worked out fine but we you know we rested up and looked at a lot of video i think in the middle of the day and then we uh we headed back out yeah, we we um, headed back out in the similar area where those birds were, just around the corner. There was a nice big meadow where usually in the afternoons um, they come filing through there, and so I thought it'd be a good place to set up. And um, so it was probably, I'm guessing, 3:30. Um, you know, at that point we got two birds down, and we got three days. It's like you know we probably could have kept pounding that morning and been done before noon. Uh, but I thought the best way, you know, the most effective and best plan would be to you know put the decoys out and get a good show. So we sat in that meadow, and let's see, Tally was to my left, and you were just to my right, and we put the decoy out and. That Dave Smith strutter uh, with the real tail fan and real um, wings, and then I hooked it up on some strings, which um, turned out to be an interesting uh, proposition. And then, what did we sit there? What do you recall? We sat there for what, a, maybe an hour? It was or? An hour at the most, I would say. Um, you know, the 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 strings on the decoy wings is one of the neatest tricks I've ever seen. I had never seen that before. Uh, but I mean, you can, you can move the decoy just like a puppet and, uh, you know, you can, so I mean, from a hundred yards, it, it it would fool a human 
you know, it's private land. There's nobody else hunting. You know, I feel safe to use them there. But, I mean, if you were just walking across that meadow at 100 yards, unless you had your binos, and even if you had your binos, and I started moving that thing around, I mean, you it could fool anybody absolutely thinking it was a real real turkey you know i mean as it turned out you know we had a gobbler come up to the decoy and we've got high definition video of this turkey from 15 yards from two different angles and when the turkey is standing still and the decoy is right there you know they're almost touching you can't tell which one's a turkey and which one's the decoy yeah i mean it is the most realistic looking decoy i've ever seen in my life by far yeah, and you throw the the real tail fan and the real uh, wings on there. It's, I mean, it's spitting yeah. image. So I was doing some calling, and I think we heard some birds off in the distance. And then, then what happened? Yeah, I mean, we we had been kind of sitting there, and we were just relaxed. We were in a pretty good pretty good setup that was real comfortable, and um, you know, we were just kind of relaxed and enjoying the shade. And there was a little bit of breeze every now and then, and you know, I guess we heard we heard a hen yelp up on top of the mountain behind us Mm -hmm. and you and I looked at each other kind of like did we really hear what we thought we heard and then about that time we heard another yelp and so we knew that you know that there were turkeys up up the hill behind us and you know it was not long I mean what less than a minute maybe Mm -hmm. and we've got turkeys airborne flying off the mountain behind us you know, kind of over our shoulder, over our right shoulder, heading out in front of us, away from us, and they land out on top of the next hill out there, what, 150, 200 yards in front of us? Yeah, so they basically fly from the west to the east right over the top of the meadow that we're sitting in. Yep. Um, The whole flock. Yeah, like, what, 12 birds? Yeah. And uh, and so they hit the, they, they land out on the hillside across in front of us, and then they immediately kind of start picking their way down the hill towards us. And you called a couple of times, and I kind of lost sight of them. They kind of got down below a screen of brush in front of us, and I kind of lost sight of them. And I don't know, another minute or two kind of clicked by, and then we look up, and here's more turkeys coming from the same direction flying off from behind us. And one of those birds sees the decoy and just made about a 45-degree bank to his left and landed, you know, 30 yards from the decoys and immediately went into a strut and gobbled. You know what was so amazing about that is, I mean, I'm watching them out of the corner of my right eye because they're coming from my right to left kind of over the top of you and I, and I see them midair and the decoy's out in the meadow, but like until he got above the decoy, he probably couldn't see it. But I mean, it was clear as day that he saw the decoy and just banked in there and reacted. It was just like and a, reacted just like a duck decoying when they when they see the decoys. I mean, he he just and and he lost altitude precipitously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he basically fell right out of the sky once he saw. Oh, there's a tom strutting in my in my um, meadow. He hit the brakes and was on the ground in no time. Yeah, he he, and he landed so hard. I don't know how it didn't break his legs. I mean, yeah, he just and immediately gobbled. Yep, as soon as he hit the ground, he gobbled, and and when he did, you knew what was going to happen. I mean, he was he was he would have fought in the air had he had he oh, been yeah. able to do it. And 
So he. I think honestly, I think he. If the decoy would have been thirty more yards out, I think he would have landed right into the decoy. But at the velocity that he was going, he basically stopped as fast as he could. Yeah, yeah, he did. But I mean, I have no doubt that if you know the decoy was a little bit further over where he landed, he would have landed right into the thing, and it would have been on. Yeah, it was. It was amazing, and. uh he, uh, you know, he, he gobbled that one time as soon as he hit the ground and, you know, here he came, uh, you know, and, and you knew what was, what was coming. And so he had to, he had to make his way through just a little row of low bushes. And he did that and broke out in the open about 35 yards in front of us. And the decoy was about 15 yards in front of us. And he, 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 he did not make a circle. He came straight to the decoy. And you could hear him purring, you know, he was, he was already mad, you know, before he ever got to the decoy and, uh, he was purring and he circled the decoy three or four times and he purred and he strutted and he drummed and he gobbled again a time or two. And, you know, and he circled that, that gobbler decoy, I don't know, two or three times. And then finally he, he jumped on him and, and spurred him. And, uh, when he did that, his feet got tangled up you know, in that, in that string that you had attached to both of his wings. Uh-huh. And so from, that was a sight to see him all confused. He couldn't figure it out, could he? No. And, and I mean, you know, he's kind of halfway tripping and halfway stumbling, trying to get his foot out of the string. And, uh, and at the same time, every time he takes a step or moves, he's bumping that decoy that he's pulling on that decoy string and it's making the decoy spin. And so he's just getting even madder, you know, cause the decoy. <laughs> and, uh, it, it was just, it was pretty interesting. And when he finally, I guess there was one time he kind of went around the back of the decoy and was, was coming towards me facing me and had his foot all hung up and he was trying to step out of that string and he turned around. He was still in full strut the whole time. And then he finally turned back the other direction with his fan facing me. And that's when I was able to get my gun up on him. And I said, well, when he, you know, when he turns around the next time, I'm going to shoot him. And, uh, he took another step or two going away from me and he got so tangled up. He nearly fell down. Um, you know, you can see it on the video. He, he literally nearly fell down. Uh, but then he, he managed to get free from the, from the string and he turned back towards me and took a couple of more, couple of more steps. And that's when we, that's when we let him have it. And, uh, seems like I remember about half of his feathers ending up in the air. Yeah. He, he was, he was, in, <laughs> he was in full strut, but it, you know, we kind of joked about it at camp that night. I just felt that there was a moral obligation that, you know, he, he had done his part to put on a pretty big show and, uh, I just felt like it was the right time to shoot him. So I shot him head on and full strut and, and most of his, most of his back feathers, uh, stayed there in the meadow. Uh, so. <laughs> But, um, but it, it made for pretty good video and, uh, and then heck all the other birds that had, had flown over, you know, they were, they had made their way down in, you know, they were, they were within a hundred yards of us. And I, I didn't, I never saw them. Uh, once I lost sight of them, when they came off that far mountain, uh, I, I had lost sight of them. Uh, but you know, my birds are laying out there on the ground, not flopping very much at all, but, uh, you, I guess you were tally. Um, fight, caught, I was fight, fighting some, purr kind of to them, and yeah. here they came. And uh, so you called, and 
then you started calling some more and i said jay sees another turkey and so i kind of craned my neck around and looked and sure enough that whole bunch was was coming our way and i guess there were two or three you know more more mature gobblers with that bunch Uh, it was a bunch of hens and a couple of big gobblers and darn if they didn't come dragging up there and and tally wound up killing one so, so we had, here we, we had are. all four. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's the end of the first day, and we've killed every turkey we came down to Mexico to kill. Now, now we're uh, ch- checking to see if we can go, you know, deep sea fishing, or we're f- trying to figure out what to do next. Here we got four birds down on the first day. Now, that's that's a day, you know, with all that excitement and having that much success and just the way everything went down, that's, I mean, definitely, you know, We've all shot a lot of birds, but that day, I don't know that I'll ever forget that day. Well, I, I surely won't. Um, you know, uh, good turkey hunts, exciting turkey hunts, uh, it's hard to forget any of them, but that's one that just really, you know, sticks out in my mind. I mean, there's just, um, we don't get that opportunity to see that kind of country every day. Um, and, you know, to be sitting there with the sun kind of slowly going down and, um a, a breeze blowing and, and you're sitting in the shade and and you've got these turkeys out here doing anything and everything you wish you could get a turkey to do uh, is a pretty special hunt yeah it's awesome and then tally ended up getting his bird um uh mounted in a hanging mount is that what you call it it yeah. turned out beautiful yeah a dead mount or hanging mount and uh mm-hmm. it did turn out great um We've, we've used a, ter- a taxidermist in Trinidad, Colorado a couple of times. I've got a, a big Osceola uh, standing here right next to me as we speak uh, that he mounted for me, and he does a great job. And That's the bir- – uh, is it Todd Hoffman, the, the Birdman? Yep, Todd Hoffman? Hoffman Birdman Studios in Trinidad, Colorado. He does a, does a yeah. great job. He does uh, – I'm not sure. He may do birds exclusively, but he does great, great work on turkeys, on, on ducks and geese and that sort of thing. Yeah, well that that we that was an awesome trip and um it was nice to you know we were able to get a bunch of great photos. Uh, obviously we got great video of the hunt and um the camaraderie of the hunt was just awesome and so we had a couple of days to kill and um we just had fun and kind of scouted around here and there and then um it was so great to hear from you guys before the NWTF this year and then get to meet up at the at the convention and and uh see you guys um what do you guys have uh planned for this year what's are you staying local or what's your plan well we're we're gonna we're gonna hunt here locally um but we're also planning uh we we've been to uh, oklahoma to hunt rios uh, the last five years uh in a row and we're gonna gonna do that again uh, that'll be the week after easter Nice. Uh, is that a one bird or two bird state? How does it, that work? It's two birds, and uh, and then we uh, we're also going to go uh, and and really that's in far far western Oklahoma near the Texas Panhandle, uh, mm-hmm. and we've we've met another um, another guy that has a farm um, in the Texas Panhandle, um, about sixty miles uh, from where we hunt in Oklahoma, so. We're going to bounce from Oklahoma over to into Texas and hunt over there for a few days. And, you know, we, we can kill four turkeys in, in Texas. Typically, we just do a two-bird hunt, but, you know, you mm-hmm. can kill up to four. So uh, we're going to, we're going to this year, we're just going to kind of play that by ear. And, you know, we, nice. we may kill one, we may kill four in Texas. Nice. But uh, 
but we're looking. Are forward you guys to that. driving up there? Or are you going to fly? Yeah, or? we're going to drive. It's a it's a long drive, but um, it just uh, you know it just seems to work for that trip. So that's what we're going to do. It's about seven hundred and fifty miles from here. So your opener in Mississippi will be the what the fifteenth of March. Yeah, the March. Or? It's actually the fourteenth this year because of the the way the. That weekend falls. Typically, Mississippi season opens on the 15th of March and closes on May the 1st. Um, but I guess this year, since Sunday, since the 15th of March is on a Sunday, they're just going to go ahead and back it up one day and open it on Saturday the 14th. Gotcha. And then, like, what, April 10th or 7th or 10th or something like that, that's when you head to Oklahoma? Yeah, the the 6th or 7th, whatever that Monday is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, and uh, so we're looking looking forward to that. And we've you know, over the years, we've we've done uh, a Miriam's hunt um, out in New Mexico uh, near Raton, and uh, mm-hmm. actually between Raton and Folsom. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had some great times out there. We've not been able to do that for the last couple of years, but uh, would would love to be able to do another Miriam's hunt one day. Um, you know, all, all these birds are, are special in their own unique way. Sure, and, absolutely. Uh, uh, Miriam's is a is a beautiful turkey, and uh, and it's just fun to be. You know, again, in that kind of an environment, in a mountainous environment that we don't get to see down here at, yep. at 400 feet of elevation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the whopping elevation of 400 feet. Um, you, you know, well, you've got those old swamp gobblers down there in Mississippi. Those are probably some of the hardest turkeys. You know, they, they've they've seen the dance before. Well, they they have, and you know, I, I think. Uh, you know, truthfully, I think Rios don't get enough credit. I, I think I think what gets a lot of Rios and a lot of Miriams killed is just the fact that they're so visible. Yeah. Um, and our turkeys are not visible um, a lot of the time. I mean, um, you know, we we've got what we call field turkeys and what we call woods turkeys. You know, that just tend to to like that kind of an environment. So, a, a field turkey down here is pretty hard to hunt sometimes. You know, they'll get out in the middle of a wide open where they can see all around them. And they'll just stay out there, you know, all day long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the woods turkeys tend to be, you know, they just tend to be skittish by nature. I I I've joked that, you know, a couple of the clubs that I hunt on have got turkeys that are very notoriously difficult to hunt, and it's just because they've been hunted for, you know, forty years. And uh, you know, I've always joked that they those gobblers peck out of a shell, you know, at <laughs> birth, knowing to run from a hen call. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean they're just born to be scared, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, and um, but they're they're fun to hunt and they're fun to to listen to. You know, a, a, a big mature gobbler hammering in the hard in a hardwood hollow is is something everybody needs to hear. Yeah, um, definitely. I still need my eastern and my osceola for my um for my royal slam and um yeah. So it's uh I've got a nice year in front of me. I'm gonna. Uh, at the end of March here, uh, go with my nephews to California. I'd go with Jay and Will. We've gone over oh, the last six, seven years, maybe longer. And then I'll come back from that. And I've got um, going with uh, some friends to the White Mountain Apache for Merriam's. And then uh, I've got uh, a whole slew of uh, Goulds hunters uh, down in Mexico from May 1st to the 15th. So it ought to be another good year. I'm looking forward to it. Our weather here in Phoenix has been just unbelievable. You know, we've been 75 to 80 degrees, seems like, for the last two weeks, and so, which is a little bit unseasonably warm for us. But you know, when it starts warming up, definitely start, you know, getting 
getting thinking about turkeys probably at least 30 days, you know, quicker than I should. Yeah. Well, it's uh, we're we're looking forward to it uh, as well, and uh, we always kind of start that as soon as duck season closes at the end of January. We start thinking about turkey season, and you know, I told uh, told one of my buddies the other day uh, that if 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 I had not been born in the month of February, I would not have much use for it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because uh, it's just a it's a tough month for us to get through. Uh, golf course is still too wet, and the weather's still too cold, and you know, it's just kind of a slow month for us that, that like to be outdoors, but uh, March, is, March is coming. Absolutely. You know, Jerry, be goblin the, here. the other thing I would say, um, you know, to, to anybody who, who might care to know is that you, you clearly get paid to do what you do, but you don't do it for a living. Uh, and and uh, it's not a job to you. It's a It's obvious to me that that what you do with your outfitting service, it, it is a, uh, um, it's something you do for enjoyment and it's a, a labor of love. And, you know, the, the, the places that, that we've gone and turkey hunted in the past, we, we go in as strangers, but we leave as friends typically, you know, with the folks that we hunt with. And, and I know and can say that that's what it's been with you. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a different, um, it's a different environment than when you're going into a commercial hunting operation uh, where it's all work and it's all business. And that that's not what we've ever sought out, and that's clearly not what you deliver. I mean, you take care of the details. The details are, are going to be right, but you do it in a in a way um, that, that doesn't feel like um, a commercial hunting operation. It feels like a, a bunch of buddies getting together and going and enjoying two or three days together and having success and celebrating that success and, and then recounting and retelling the memories in the days, you know, ahead. So that's Absolutely. what makes I appreciate great. you saying that. You know, yeah, that, it does. I mean, that that's everything. You can have strutting birds and, you know, gobbling their heads off and, if you don't have the camaraderie and you don't have that, you know, you know, fellowship, uh, just, it's just not the same. And so it's, it's awesome to get with guys that are, you know, live clear across the other part of the, you know, on the other side of the country and get together, never having met them and just fall right in line, you know, giving each other, you know, grief and, you know, teasing and jawbone and back and forth. And, you know, it's, um, that's, that's what it's all about to me. Um, you know, and so I appreciate you saying that. I am passionate about what what I do. I love to turkey hunt and love to hunt and fish in general. So it's always nice having guys that uh, have the same uh, passion. And uh, you guys were a lot of fun to hunt with. And just appreciate you being with us uh, this morning. And uh, wish you the best of success on your hunts coming up. And um, yeah, God bless you, brother. Same to you. I hope you have a great season and I hope you'll stay in touch and keep me posted on how it's going. And, um, there's, there's another, there's another Gould's hunt in our future. Let me put it that way. Sounds good. That'll be fun. I look forward to it. Uh, one of these days and, uh, yeah, keep me posted, send me some text pictures and, uh, we're going to try and keep the blog and keep, uh, Facebook and Instagram and, uh, keep everything up to date. And and we're going to be doing, uh, you know, weekly podcasts here and trying to keep, everybody updated on how everything's going so tell tally hello and um thanks for being with us we'll do it take care jay all right god bless all right. bye-bye bye may the 2nd it's uh about three o'clock in the afternoon uh, we killed 
two big gobblers this morning, and uh, we've uh, we've come back into this meadow. Uh, we think the birds are using this area, and we've got our big strutter decoy, Dave Smith strutter out. Uh, he's out there spinning around, and uh, we feel like in the next two or three hours we're going to have some action. So we'll sit back and see what happens. <laughs> I just, I did, I thought he'd die of starvation standing there tangled up in the decoy strings. <laughs> <laughs> goodness gracious. Is that four birds in one day? Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> that, I have never seen a show any better than that. That was phenomenal. You talking <laughs> about an Academy Award. That's like a Delta Airlines trip oh, coming man. in. <laughs> I was about to, I, I couldn't breathe. I was so shook up. That was <laughs> when unbelievable. He started, when he started spurring the decoy. Did you hear him drumming? I did. Good. Tally's <laughs> never been able to hear one I drumming. Heard, my so. hearing is so bad, I have never heard one drumming. He but I did, it. I did. When he was standing right here, yeah, I, I did. I mm -hmm. thought, I finally realized that I, the first time I'd ever heard it. That was <laughs> incredible. But when, you're, but when you're 10 yards from him, you can hear it. Yeah, that's right. How about them flying over the top? Oh, I mean, two different bush, bushes of them yeah. flying in, and the darn and, and he lit like a mallet. And this I one, mean, he just he came in, and he saw the decoy, and he just banked and lit right there and started gobbling. Incredible! He is shot to pieces too. I, I still don't have one. Man. <laughs>
Look at the feathers across there. I still there. don't have one to mount, but hey. <laughs> I mean, you sprayed feathers all I over half an him. acre. He didn't do any flopping, so. No, he didn't. My goodness. He's got a good beard. Well, guys, that was unbelievable. We got two birds this morning on a good roost setup, and we came in this afternoon and put the Dave Smith strutter out and set up. We got in here early. We didn't want to spook any birds, and uh, I heard a, a hen up on the hill, and the next thing we know, the whole flock flew over on this ridge, and then Greg, your bird, stopped short, I think, when he saw the decoys and landed right there. Yep. Just landed and cupped came in, right just, in. Cupped in just like a duck. We got the and he had uh, he hit the ground fighting and, on his mind. Oh man, he hit the ground and first thing he did he hit the ground went into strut and gobbled. Yeah, he yeah. did immediately. Sure did. So we got the Mississippi SWAT team here, uh, and we have swatted them. Put a herd on these birds. We got four <laughs> birds in one day. Two this morning, two this afternoon. Two beautiful Goulds gobblers. Congratulations, guys! Awesome job. Man, got some great video, Jay, great, great memories. Thanks, Jay. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast on Gould's turkey hunting. You can go to www.gouldsturkeyhunt.com. That's a Gould's turkey-specific website uh, devoted all to Gould's turkey. You can also find us at jscottoutdoors.com and follow us on Instagram at jscottoutdoors. We also have a YouTube channel at jscottoutdoors. And we're just very thankful for you guys uh, listening and uh, look forward to our podcast next week. Thank you.